This is Keep On Cooking, a podcast for people who love cookbooks and want to know more about the authors. It's also a great place to get a weekly dose of culinary inspiration to keep things pumping in the kitchen. So grab a cookbook and keep on cooking. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the only podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and it's the first solo episode of 2024. Here we are. Happy New Year. Um, I'm just, you know, living my best life. I got a package from Michelle's Granola today. Let me tell you about granola and this house, Okay. Uh, I love granola. Also, I should warn you at the top of this episode, I've been listening to Barbara Streisand's memoir on audiobook. And first of all, if you haven't heard about it already, it is 42 hours long. That's not an exaggeration. That's actually the timestamp on the book on audiobooks. Um, and so I've listened to it. I've actually sped it up just a skosh to like 1.2 speed. And that makes it sound as though it's being spoken at normal speed. She's just taking her time. The gal's taking her time telling you stories. I guess it's like 900 and I think 27 pages, uh, a friend told me. Uh, when I mentioned to them that it was that long, they looked up like the page number on it. Uh, but it is, it's fascinating, but also it's just, she talks with such, she's just telling you a story. and um. That's sort of the way she's going to tell it. So maybe I'll just uh, do the podcast today in the style of Barbara Streisand in celebration of her memoir on audiobook. You know, I uh, really like granola. I can't do it. I can't talk that slow. Anyway, so I love granola. And Michelle's Granola just sent us a package in the mail. And honey, first of all, I love all granola. But like so much so that I've now, David hides it from me out of request. I was like, David, I would like to, you know, purchase this granola. Let's purchase said granola. I'm going to have a serving and then please the rest is yours because he has self-control like that where I do not. Now, when you put Michelle's granola in the mix, which, you know, if we, if we're not somewhere where they have Michelle's granola if we're on a road trip or something, buy, buy another brand, but really we are pretty tried and true Michelle's granola because it is out standing uh and they just sent a package in the mail and i got it it's sitting here and david's out of town working on a gig today uh and he went last night he stayed the night he's there today and it arrived in the mail last night and i was like i could eat all this now and never tell him it's even here um because it's just that good i love michelle's granola so much so my goal is to savor it have myself a little portion here, a little portion there. Maybe I'll make a little recipe with some some of it as well. Uh, but I've got Michelle's granola waiting for me in the wings. Um, I also have got some mushrooms that were sitting in my fridge. And I was like, what can I do with this? So I popped open. I want to talk about my book, The Simply Vegan Cookbook, uh, which was my first cookbook. came out in 2018. So we're on like the six-year anniversary of it now. Yeah, uh, because it came out February 6th. 
2018. So the six year anniversary is coming up. And I was like, what I love about this book is that I wrote it according to ingredients. So each chapter goes by ingredient. There's a mushroom chapter. So I was like, what do I got? There's a mushroom stroganoff in there. So I'm going to make that when I get off the, uh, get off the cool, get off the horn, get off uh, from recording this episode for you today. Uh, So I'm excited to make that stroganoff. It requires a little Vegan sour cream, and I had just purchased uh, some Kite Hill sour cream because I was at Publix, and Upton's Naturals now has more products available at Publix. So I got us some fajitas. Uh, stuff to, I got their chorizo to make some fajitas the other night, and of course, then I said, well, what plant-based sour cream do they have? And I got the uh, Kite Hill sour cream, which I'll be honest, I gotta be honest about some Kite Hill products. They're not my favorite thing in the world. And the sour cream is a little bland. In the Simply Vegan cookbook, there's a um, cashew cream you can make, of course, in lieu of a store-bought sour cream. I love making stuff from scratch, but if you want something in a pinch, you know. And I actually have some cashew cream in the fridge. I got the Kite Hill sour cream because I wanted to try it uh, so I could share with y'all how I felt about it. Not the biggest fan, to be honest. It's it's it'll come. It'll be nice in the sauce, you know. I'll it'll be nice and creamy and luscious. Thicken it up a little bit, and I'll put a little pinch of salt in, and it'll be fine. But like, I'd rather make my own sour cream than buy the Kaiho one. If I were to be honest, I made a berry sauce this morning, a mixed berry sauce. I had some raspberries, blackberries in the fridge, and I was like. I want like a little syrupy sauce um, that I can put into the muesli that I got from Michelle's granola because I've been on a big muesli kick too. Um, so I made this berry sauce. It's so yummy, delicious. Just blended up all the berries and then I put it through a mesh drainer so it, it you get rid of all the, you know, the, the granules from the seeds and it's nice and creamy and smooth. Mix that into my berries. I got a little pop of sweet, a little pop of uh, tangy in there. So yummy. Of course, I could just eat the fruit too. I was just feeling adventurous. So I made myself this little sauce, uh, which brings me to y'all, my new book, The Power Foods Diet. It's written by Dr. Neil Barnard, but I developed half of the recipes in the book, focuses on power food ingredients for weight management, uh, but also just delicious food made with beans, whole grains, vegetables, fruits. I developed over half the recipes for the book. Uh, Lindsay S. Nixon developed the other half, and I did all the food photography for the book. I did the cover of the book, the photo that's on the cover of the book. So the name of the book is The Power Foods Diet. That's coming out March 26th, but it's available for pre-order now. I'll put the link for pre-order down in the show notes here so you can click on it, pre-order yourself a copy. Lots of great scientific uh, research and information from Dr. Barnard and, of course, some case studies in the book. Uh, on why these ingredients are considered power foods. And then I've got some recipes to back it all up for you. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to be doing uh, some press events for the book, of course, and then uh, even like a virtual online cooking club. So I'll give you more information about that as it becomes available. Excited to share that with you, but I hope you'll check it out again. It's called The Power Foods Diet, available for pre-order now. And why are we here today? So I've went down a little... uh, the other day on a call, my friend, my supervisor, Jill Eckert, shout out, love you, doll. And she mentioned, you know, we were on a call and she goes, oh, I just made this lovely pumpkin milk uh, that I used to make all the time. I'd forgotten about the recipe. It's by Annie Fio. And I was like, I love Annie Fio. And she is uh, a raw food chef. And uh, so I, I looked behind me in my bookshelf. I pulled out this book I'm holding up right now, Annie's Raw Food Kitchen. Also, if you're watching this episode, 
apologies my darlings we are moving in about four months or so so we are in the process of tearing our home apart so i actually i put some stuff back up on the wall behind me but i really like if david sees this he's gonna be like i can't believe you're showing our home like this um but uh it's kind of bare minimum in our home because we are shedding a lot um one of my goals in 2024 it's not a resolution just a fun goal is to read one book a month and i'm currently reading goodbye things uh, a book about minimalism and it's an okay book. It's more from the personal perspective of the author and sort of like a memoir is what it comes off as, as opposed to like a how-to in minimalism. But it's great to get someone's thoughts who really lives a minimalist, minimalist lifestyle. I'm not going to be a minimalist. So I'm not sitting here being like, it's just going to be me, David, white walls and a trash can. No, but we are just trying to get inspired to really get rid of stuff, right? Especially doing food photography and recipe developing from home. I find myself with a lot of things. And so I'm going to really pare it down for the move. We're moving to Chicago. I'm sure we've said this a million times. We're very excited about it. But all that to say, our home is in a bit of a disarray. And I didn't want to sit up in the kitchen where I usually am because I recently had a hernia surgery. So it hurts for me to sit up on a stool like that right now. Anyways, so much information in this first bit. I was talking about Annie Fio and this book, Annie's Raw Food Kitchen, where Jill mentioned the pumpkin milk. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got everything for that. As you can see, if you're watching, there's post-its all in this book. I loved this book. I think for me, um, the journey of a vegan, and this is a great thing to say here in Veganuary, we're in January. Lots of people are trying plant-based diets and plant-based recipes. Um, and I had a great interview yesterday with Lois Ellen uh, Frank on her book, uh, Plant to Seed, Seed to Soil. I might have gotten those words mixed up, but that's she'll be on. I'll, I'll say the correct title 110% for sure. Then, um, Plate to Seed, Seed to Plate, Plate to Soil. No, that wouldn't be right. Soil to, mm, uh, I'm gonna look it up for you right now so you know what I'm talking about. But I had her on yesterday and she was talking about her teachings and how, you know, she's not necessarily convincing people to go vegan or all plant-based. She is simply talking about being plant-forward, incorporating more vegetables into your diet. Seed to plate, soil to sky. Thank you, my goodness. Seed to plate, soil to sky. That is the name of the book by Lois Ellen Frank, Modern Plant-Based Recipes Using Native American Ingredients. We will have her later on. You'll get to hear a lot more about that book. But the idea of incorporating more plants, by, right? And uh, no matter if you go all the way plant-based or not, uh, I like that approach for people because it allows them to take things at their own speed, not get overwhelmed. So I have to say that to you here in Veganuary, January, if you're listening to get some of that uh, new plant-based inspiration, take it at your own pace. It's your own speed. Um, or dive right in. You can really go any speed you want, you know? Uh, but often... For I think for a lot of vegans, sometimes you start to explore when you get into a vegan lifestyle, you start to explore the different uh, nuances in it. And one of them is a raw food diet and raw food cooking right now. I never personally have gone completely raw, um, 
but I have dabbled in the cooking of it so much because it's fascinating to me the things you can do with a dehydrator, uh, all the things you can just blend up to make yummy this and that. So I have a, I've had a dehydrator now ever since I've had this book, Annie's Raw Food Kitchen. I've had it now for gosh over a decade, and I just replaced my that dehydrator I had for a good decade, and I just replaced it with a brand new one. Love my brand new one. The other one was just kind of like looking at me like, why are you still trying to do this to me? I'm barely running. So I was like, okay, it's time. So I got a new uh, dehydrator and uh, I love making raw food. Don't do it all the time, but it's fun to play with, like I said. But Jill mentions this pumpkin milk in here. So I grab the book. I make the milk. It's delicious. I see the post-its. I'm reminded how much I love this book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to cover Annie's Raw Food Kitchen. And I go to look Annie up. And this gal has been off the grid for at least a decade, okay? And so, because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll have her on if I can get in touch with her. And I remember I looked into this a year ago and I remember seeing the same thing and then I got busy and kind of like forgot about trying to reach out to her. So I've sent some outreach emails to see if we can find out where in the world is Annie Fio and get her on here and chat with her. Uh, if not, I will be covering this book on my own. But what I also found was interesting. So a couple years ago, I ordered the book Raw Vegan, Not Gross by Lauren Miller, who also hosted the uh, popular Tastemade YouTube show of the same name, Raw Vegan, Not Gross. Um, I looked her up a couple years ago, and it was the same thing. Uh, she kind of went off the grid, grid around 2018 and Annie around 2016, it looks like. And I just have to wonder, like, is that like maybe there's something there with the mind body connection? You know, these raw foodists and raw chefs really seem to, uh, a lot of them, this is not a general statement, but at least reading for these two, they have, uh, you know, they're very intuitive into what is healthy for them and what, what's healthy for their brains and their bodies. So there's got to be something in this where they've both said, you know, no social media, perhaps that's not the healthiest. Um, so I just find that very intriguing. Um, I've been a fan of Lauren Miller's uh, for as long as I can remember. Because when I was researching uh, starting the Vegan Roadie, my vegan travel culinary series, uh, of course, I looked into shows that already existed. And Lauren Miller's Raw Vegan Not Gross already existed on Tastemade. And I loved it. She's so quirky. She's so fun. She, you know, isn't there to preach at all. She's there to educate through entertaining, which very much obviously speaks to me. She dresses up, dresses up in silly costumes. I remember an episode where she dances around in like a music video dressed up as a banana, I think. On the cover of this book alone, she's dressed in a skirt made of asparagus. Uh, there's lots of fun book uh, uh, pictures throughout where she's using ingredients in here uh, in a silly way. And uh, I just saw when I was, again, researching for this online, someone who had posted a picture of her where she's got like grapes on her head. Was it grapes? What was on her head? Something was on her head as like a crown. Bananas. It was a whole bunch of bananas that sat over her head as a crown. And it it uh, reminded me how much I adore her. Let's talk about her a little bit. Laura Miller is the creator and star of the hit show Raw Vegan Not Gross on YouTube's Tastemade channel. Uh, seen over, it's it has over 7 million views. Her irreverent approach to raw food, as well as her quirky and gorgeous wearable produce, have garnered her a devoted following and national press coverage. 
prior to Raw Vegan Not Gross, Laura ran a raw vegan desserts company in San Francisco called Side Saddle Kitchen. She lives in California with her musician husband and Akita Pitbull rescue dog, Buzz. Now, this is an old bio because, like I said, she's been off the grid. And in her final post, I mean, final as of now, on Instagram, there she's pictured with a child. So I'm guessing she had a baby and she's embracing motherhood. I also saw a photo of her on uh, a video. One of the last videos posted on YouTube was with a YouTube channel called Mother, where she was uh, speaking on being a mother. So whatever she's doing, I uh, wish her happiness living off the grid. We're here to celebrate this book today, Raw, Vegan, Not Gross, All Vegan, and Mostly Raw Recipes for People Who Love to Eat. Whether you already love vegan food or need some convincing, YouTube star Laura Miller offers more than 100 entirely vegan and mostly raw recipes for all people who want to eat deliciously. Raw, Vegan, Not Gross is the debut cookbook from YouTube's taste-made star Laura Miller, a soon-to-be modern classic, Raw, Raw, vegan, not gross will engage your taste buds with strengthening breakfast, coconut kale smoothies, strawberry chia pudding, easy weeknight dinners, black bean and squash blossom tacos, kale pesto with noodles, mm -mm, crowd-pleasing party food, spicy watermelon gazpacho, and buffalo cauliflower bites, irresistible drinks and desserts, lavender turmeric milk, chili coconut truffles, and many more nutritious, satisfying, di satisfying dishes that are as beautiful and fun to make as they are healthful. Eschewing a strict or dogmatic approach to raw veganism, Laura's self-deprecating humor, candor about issues of food and body image, and infectious enthusiasm make her the ideal guide to, and travel companion for people who want to fall back in love with produce or simply celebrate the joy of real good food. Isn't that great? I love that summary of the book. And of course, the book opens up with an intro. Uh, the photo photos in here are really great, too. They're by uh, David Loftus and opens up with an intro where uh, she speaks to several topics, uh, starting with uh, how to use the book, of course, how to use the book, the way the ingredients in the book, all that sort of stuff, where this weirdo came from, a little bit of her history, you get that in there, uh, and how she became vegan and then she talks about a bit about her adventures into raw food eating uh, and cooking. And I want to read a couple pages from the book, actually, uh, because I want you to understand and hear her voice a little bit if you haven't watched Raw Vegan Not Gross so you can get where she's coming from, because I love her perspective of choosing what's right for you, essentially. So here we go. This section is entitled The Cult. In 2007, there weren't any real raw food schools or training programs, or at least none that I knew of that were affordable. So I opted for an apprenticeship at a raw food retreat center in the desert in the Southwest. From the moment I got there, though, I knew it wasn't the right place for me. It wasn't just that all of the interns were crammed into one room to sleep or that pipes froze on day two when everyone was detoxing from the food. I'll spare you the gory details, but it was 25 sick people sharing one bathroom and it was gross. This center was all about restrictions, like not eating fruit because it had too much sugar. I would later learn that there is an entire sect of the raw food world that eats only fruit, but that's a whole other thing. Not eating onions or garlic because they were too stimulating might cause people to fart in the meditation center and a slew of other limitations. There was an apprentice there who went by the name 
Dandelion. I'm pretty sure he had just changed his name on the drive-in. I remember a few people sitting around talking about a man who lived on sunlight alone, and they were talking about what a legend he was. Like, it was this amazing thing to aspire to. Um, no. That guy never has sex. These were not my people. I wanted lush, sexy, juicy, bright, fun food and people. And sometimes I wanted them with a side of tequila. By this point in my life, I had known enough people with eating disorders that this way of thinking about food raised my hackles. What this place was offering and pushing felt like a glorified eating disorder disguised as a health movement. That was it. I needed out. On the third day, I went to the guy in charge and told him I had a change of heart. Then I packed up my truck and drove 14 hours home, stopping only for gas and grilled cheese sandwiches. I decided that my love affair with raw vegan food was over. So I just love the way she sort of is honest about her first encounter with raw vegan food, right? She goes on in another section to say, here's where it gets real. I basically just started to realize that the one thing I was passionate about was a total sham. I no longer had a job. My relationship with my mountain man was on the outs, and I had no idea that I, what I wanted to be doing. I moved back home to live with my parents, and it was then when I finally took a moment to stop charging ahead and just breathe that I had the big meltdown. I'm talking big. I'm talking I don't want to be, be alive anymore. Big. I fell apart. It wasn't pretty. This is the part where I tell you that healthy eating doesn't solve all of life's problems. I mean, sure, if you don't feel right, it makes sense to take all the steps within your control to feel better. That's meaning exercising, eating well, getting enough sleep, and making sure you're surrounding yourself with positive people. But if you're doing all these things and still feel terrible, or if you're suffering too much, or even start doing those things, you need some outside help. I found a psychologist who saved my life and who introduced me to the idea that I'd been living with a severe anxiety disorder and essentially just white knuckling it for about 15 years. She helped me take active steps to get better. I want to emphasize the fact that getting outside help is not a cop out. It's smart and brave, and it's just another step in doing the work to get better. I'd say that it took about three years to get back on my feet, and it was very challenging and a dark time for me, but it was worth it. During this time, I was probably still eating mostly vegan, but definitely not on purpose. I felt like I'd gone through a breakup with raw food after realizing that the cult was a sham, and it was an ex that I didn't want to put any more energy into. I was still interested in plant-based eating, but not at the expense of holistic well-being. Feeling better is the whole reason I got into raw food. Nutrition and wellness are very personal issues for me. I care so much about people having healthier relationships with their bodies and minds. So that's a little glimpse into the intro of the book, Laura's history and sort of her perspective on food, right? I love that she says the things she cares about most are people having healthy relationships with food, their bodies and minds. And I have to say, girl, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. She opened her own kitchen uh, called Side Saddle Kitchen. I believe it was a dessert kitchen. She started doing recipe videos. Uh, and then, you know, she did her taste made thing, you know, she got into it and made those TV shows a great photo here from the jump when we're ending the intro or made those YouTube shows with taste made that everyone loves. But here she is with mushrooms surrounded by mushrooms looking fashionable and showing if you're watching here, if you're listening, you know why I was taking a pause there. I was showing it. She gets into the basics of fermented veggies, healthy fats, dark, dark leafy greens, hydration, being alkaline, Vitamix, Blendtec, Ninja, good knives, you know, all the equipment here, food processor, mandolin, spiralism, 
spiralizer spiralizer dehydrator y'all i did just get rid of our spiralizer as we're cleaning out um i just didn't use it i just didn't use it you know i love the idea of a spiralized veggie but whenever i did it they're fun not satisfied i'm gonna be honest about it a microplane she says is a great one sweetener stevia uh, coconut sugar, maple syrup, raw honey. Oh, she's using honey in here. She said, well, it's not vegan. I love using raw honey. Make sure that it's actually raw though. Unpasteurized and unfiltered honey should be not. Well, I mean, not my thing, but, uh, she, I'm really surprised to see honey in here. Wow. She goes over pantry ingredients and then we're at breakfast and it starts off with a beautiful stack of pancakes. My friends, of course, you know, if she mentions honey wearing in this book, you know, if you've been listening by now, you've got this. You can swap that out with some agave, my babies. You don't need to go using the honey if you don't want to. Now, listen, she says, eating breakfast is important. This is your one opportunity to put some serious nutrition in your body before the day gets crazy. Eating breakfast gets your metabolism going and sets you up to make better food choices throughout the rest of the day. That said, you don't want to just throw any old thing in your body. You need plant-based fat, protein, and nutrients that are going to keep you going strong and that will prevent you from having a sugar cross at 10 a.m. My sisters and I weren't allowed to eat sugared cereals unless we were on vacation or it was a holiday. Otherwise, we weren't permitted to get any cereal in which sugar was listed earlier in the fourth ingredient. Earlier than the fourth ingredient. So on every shopping trip, you could find all three Miller girls trolling the cereal aisle, just praying that at least one frosted cereal would fit the bill. That's funny. None ever did, but the experience made a lasting impact on all of us about how much ingredients matter and forced us to get creative about feeding our sweet tooth. So we've got the banana pancakes to start things off avocado grapefruit bowls so these are avocados uh with the inside filled with grapefruit listen i love avocado and i love grapefruit to me that creamy dec decadent uh luscious sort of avocado paired with that citrusy uh sour uh grapefruit it really doesn't get much better to me than that she's pairing it with a little bit of basil and maple syrup too. So you're getting a nice punch of sweetness in there and some uh, earthy tones from the basil. I love that. Great recipe for crepes in here for breakfast and a hazelnut chocolate spread. What's that? That's Nutella, right? So she's making us a nice Nutella in here. Ginger maple granola. Talking about that gr 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 granola. Again, here's my thing with granola too. I can't make it. Because I eat it all. Because then in my brain, whenever I make something, I'm like, well, it's cool. I can eat all of it because I made it. I know every single that's ingredient ingredient that's in there. I can eat all of it right now in one sitting. I got problems, y'all. I got problems. Um, there's a granola in my... I got a granola in two of my books, actually. Um, but there's one in my Epic Vegan Quick and Easy book. It's like a cherry peanut butter granola. Ooh! Ooh, I learned my lesson there. That's when I was like, I'm not allowed to just make granola anymore. I've got to get it. I got to have my portion. David has to be in charge of the granola. He holds the keys to the granola door. But ginger maple granola sounds so yummy and delicious in here. A feel better green shake. This has almond milk, kale, and apple, grapefruit, uh, cinnamon, cucumber, banana, grated ginger, and a little pinch of stevia to give a pop of sweet. I actually uh, do the same in my green smoothie. So I'll, I'll typically make a green smoothie uh, for anyone out there who's like feeling lost in the green smoothie land, don't overthink it. This, this can be the easiest thing you add into your day to make sure you're getting a healthy dose of leafy greens 
do, you know, a couple handfuls of greens, a little bit of fruit, and then a pinch of your sweetener of choice, and you're like good to go. I tend to use stevia or monk fruit, but really, you can, or maple syrup, you can use whatever you want. Uh, apple cinnamon parfait, delicious. She's, she makes a buckwheat crunchy from scratch in here with buckwheat, maple syrup, cinnamon, salt, and stevia. Uh, she's got a cashew cream she uses for sort of the yogurty part of it. And then she's got baked apples all piled in here too. Good stuff. Cocoa buckwheat crispies. Ooh! So let's read the intro of this. I've been a big fan of buckwheat groats ever since I started getting into raw food. As someone who's experiencing sticker shock, a lot of the other raw food ingredients, groats were my salvation. Now, see, that's real. Sticker shock is a real thing in the raw food world. David and I, uh, we got this great juicer for it. It's called Sovider, S-O-V-I-D-E-R. They sent it to us to try, and we're actually in love with it. We've had juicers before, and we end up you know, donating them or selling them because they're just a pain to clean. This one has been so amazing uh, that we're really into just making juices right now, but buying all those veggies all the time and then juicing them that gets pricey so i love the real talk about sticker shock here um so she says raw food ingredients uh gave her sticker shock and groats were her salvation they're all they're they're really cheap especially if you can find them in bulk section groats are actually seeds that when soaked and dehydrated or baked become crispy airy and a little bit nutty they also have a crunch that is incredibly satisfying in granolas and cereals so when i'm looking at this though to me it's making me think of like cocoa puffs you know so Come on, cereal. I love that. A breakfast roll up. Ooh, she's rolling up almond butter and a banana into a charred leaf. I love a way of incorporating greens into a breakfast. I don't know if that one's so much for me, but I do love that idea. And it's for somebody out there. Uh, Laura Miller, for example, she's into it. Alkalinizing morning cleanser. So this is warm water and lemon with some extra add-in options here, like ground cayenne, grated fresh ginger, and uh, turmeric. Yum, yum. Turmeric tonic. She's got a nice little beverage in here with turmeric tonic with persimmons, lemons, and fresh turmeric root. Blackberry chia muffins. Actually, I made these. I remember I made these, and they were yummy. I made these. So I probably got this book actually two or three years ago. And uh, I made these. It's got a base of almond flour and gluten-free oat flour, coconut sugar. Of course, it's got the chia seeds and applesauce, a little bit of coconut oil, vanilla, and blackberries. Mama, you got to have them blackberries and the blackberry chia muffins. Raw donuts. Woo, She's good. Well, so they're not raw. They're baked donuts. I just had Crystal, uh, Crystal, Crystal, she runs Crystal Dawn Culinary. I'm blanking on her last name right now. Um, but I just had her on and um, she gets into, uh, she's got raw donuts in her book. And the picture is stunning. And I'm so curious. I hope to make them one day. You know, they're dehydrated and everything. Uh, it's Crystal Bonnet. Crystal, Crystal Bonnet was on here. Um, and talking about her book, The Art of Raw Desserts, 50 Standout Recipes for Plant-Based Cakes, Pastries, Pies, Cookies, and More. So you'll get to hear that interview sooner than later, my babies. But for now, back to Laura Miller and Raw Vegan Not Gross. So we got baked donuts in here, an applesauce, a chocolate glaze. Ooh, a picture of the donuts that looks oh so yummy, honey. Uh, and then we're moving into the to-go section here. So a lot of uh, options you can make when you're on the go. She says, one of the best things we can do for our bodies in the intro to the to-go section here 
One of the best things we can do for our bodies and minds is to focus on nourishing them. I don't mean that in an abstract way either. Let's be honest. A lot of us had a lot of fear, anxiety, and guilt about food. With all these tricky emotions involved, it's easy to become obsessive about food. Bargaining with oneself about what to eat or admonishing oneself for eating the wrong things. First of all, that is exhausting. And second of all, you deserve better. When you start thinking about what food you want to eat in order to best support your body and mind, you're on the same team, remember? You start to feel more taken care of, less panicked, and more nourished. Now, I just got to tell you all, I got real emotional reading that. Um, you know, the last, I'd say, I guess, 15 years, I've been vegan since 2009. So yeah, it's been 15 years has been an incredible journey of self-discovery for me with food. And in the last like five or six years, I've really been uh, transitioning into how I treat food. And, you know, talking about that food addiction with the granola, for example, right? Like I know that's a food that just always triggers me. Like it's so yummy to me that I I'm out of control. So for me, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. I'm like, get this out of my sight. I do want to be able to have it sometimes and I should be able to have it sometimes. But I know it's hard for me to keep my hands off of it because it's just that yummy for me. So I asked David to keep it out of my sight. Um, I don't think that's aligning here with what she's saying about that. Uh, I, I think I'm exhausting myself, right? So I'm actually going in contradiction of what she's saying. But that's why I got emotional about what she's saying because when you start thinking about what food you want to eat in order to best support your body and mind, you're on the same team, remember? That says everything right there. Um, in this journey I've had, especially in the last six years, in the last uh, few years, I've gotten invested in different protein powders and protein bars to sort of supplement for a high protein intake because I'd be lifting weights or something like that. And because I've been on a break from the gym because of my surgery and before that I had a sprained shoulder, I've really been reevaluating my routine, how I spend my time and the food I consume. And I'm really starting to approach food with a more intuitive uh, lens than I have previously. And I kind of said a couple of weeks ago, since I hadn't been eating the protein bars, I was like, I'm going to go without these. Now I've been doing like low sugar protein bars because a lot of those are just really like a glorified candy bar. But I've been doing low sugar protein bars. They still don't taste that great, but I would do it just to get like my protein pop in the middle of the day. And so I've been going without them and I've been eating what I want in its place, whether it's a cashew date and chocolate chip bar from Target, this good and gather one that David and I absolutely love, or it's an apple, right? A piece of fruit uh, for that little snack in the day. And yesterday, because I still have a little stash of the protein bars, I was like, you know, I kind of am like craving one of those odd tasting bars. So I had one and I thought it was absolutely disgusting and I'm not going to eat those anymore. No shade to anyone that does. But like, I'm so happy to, I felt like I was almost trapped in thinking like, I've got to eat these bars when really I, I don't need to. And I'm, I'm very anxious to get back to my routine of working out and be eating foods that... I feel intuitive about and feel good about and and um, foods that make me feel good, not just feel good about eating them, but they also just make me feel good like in my daily life because I've been doing that more now that I haven't been in my gym routine because I'm not like, oh, God, I got to fuel myself for the gym. I've just been thinking, oh, I need to fuel myself for my day. So I'm curious to see how this all transitions. So 
What she says there resonates with me. <sighs> You're on the same team, remember? Uh, you start to feel more taken care of, less panicked, and more nourished when you start thinking about what foods you want to eat in order to support your best body and mind. So let's all get into that. So this starts off, uh, again, this is the to-go section because I went on a little tangent there. Thank you for bearing with me. This is called, please, for the love of God, body, get better soup, a.k.a. instant noodles, just add water. So this is cool. Uh, it looks like it is. Well, let's read. She says, you know that, uh-oh, I haven't been sleeping or drinking any water or eating any vegetables and now my throat feels sore. Oh, God, I can't get sick. Don't have time to be sick. Feeling? Yeah. Reach for this. It's super simple. Just throw the ingredients in the jar before you run out the door. Then add hot water when you get to school or work. It's also packed with vitamins and minerals that your body needs to stay healthy. So this is dried mushrooms, kelp noodles, kimchi or sauerkraut, miso paste, uh, hajiki seaweed, uh, scallions, grated ginger, garlic, lemon. I love the idea of putting these fresh ingredients plus the dried mushrooms in a little jar with you to go and then adding hot water. I think that's genius. We got kale chips in here. Always a good to-go snack collard green wraps with spicy dipping sauce another great uh to-go item i love an immunity bowl with quick pickled vegetables uh featuring a gorgeous gorgeous photo in here with pickled vegetables nori hand rolls love me a nori hand roll with great uh veggies in there like cucumbers carrot jicama avocado red cabbage great stuff uh, including a sauce made of tahini lemon juice tamari and miso love me that miso a creamy jicama salad much get into jicama what about you jicama you thing are you uh you feeling you feeling jicama she's got a water hack in here uh ways to enjoy water and things to add into it when you're feeling bloated or if your digestion feels out of whack if you're fighting off feeling sick or achy joints that's fun protein packed granola bars granola bars make them for that road trip apple rings yes 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 love me some apple rings i love to dehydrate some apple rings and that's what these are you can just slice up apples and dehydrate them it's, it's one of my favorite dehydrated snacks highly recommend 10 out of 10 next chapter is salad she starts things off with a tomato pomegranate salad tomatoes to me pomegranates i was gonna say pomegranates well i love tomatoes but pomegranates i just love adding them on any salad it's that it's it's not too sour ever it's just the perfect little amount of tart and the texture of like the crunch of it so add this to this uh salad here we got tomatoes and olive oil white wine vinegar garlic grated garlic and pomegranate gosh that sounds so good carrot salad with lemon poppy seed dressing and this is uh carrots shaved into thin strips with a delicious dressing that's got ginger, lemon, uh, lemon zest, poppy seeds, maple syrup, and a little bit of olive oil. Shaved asparagus salad with lemon tarragon dressing. Sea veggie salad. She says, I have to admit that it took me a while to get into seaweed. Honey, you're not alone. Me too. Still taking me a while. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, this is good, but it's not something I can have on the regular. She says, I hadn't tried it growing up, and the umami flavors were new to me. Once I got used to them, though, I was hooked. It felt like my body had been craving them. Sea veggies are some of the most nutritious foods you can eat, packed with calcium, minerals, iron, protein, vitamin B12, and fiber, all while still being low in calories. These days, you can find them in most health food stores, but you'll find the best selection and prices at your local Asian market. So this is a great uh, veggie salad uh, featuring different seaweeds and arugula, thinly sliced cucumber, a dressing with tahini, tamari, sesame oil, maple syrup, and sea salt. I mean, 
that's the basics and that's delicious orange watercress salad watercress another powerhouse ingredient basic massage kale salad we all love a kale salad i do anyways massage though it's got to be massage y'all do your do your your kale the favor that it it deserves and touch it touch your kale give it a massage it deserves a massage it's going to break down those enzymes for you to uh easier easier digest it's also going to be easier to chew when you massage it massage it so that's the she's got a basic massaged kale salad in here hot pink kraut so it looks like she's gonna turn some uh make some sauerkraut here and also add some beets and purple cabbage to make it well the cabbage is gonna be the sauerkraut but she's using purple cabbage to make it and a beet to get some color in there i love a pink sauerkraut and a pink pickled onion baby uh looks good on any dish and is so so yummy and good for your gut health as well Watermelon avocado salad. Again, we've got that uh, a light, yummy fruit here and refreshing. Watermelon so refreshing with that sort of luscious, creamy avocado cut into squares here. Also paired with some cucumber on here uh, and a crisp green apple and fennel salad. You know, I haven't gotten much into it. I've used fennel, but not all that much. Uh, but that sounds yummy with crisp apples and that sort of light licorice taste of the fennel. I can get into that. Uh, ginger sesame salad. This looks like a slaw almost. Carrots and cabbage here with um, some jicama and uh, uh, some mint thrown in there. I love a good slaw with a little uh, dash of fresh mint in there. Perfect, refreshing pop of flavor. Dressing made of sesame oil, tahini, apple cider vinegar, maple syrup, fresh ginger, nutritional yeast, and salt. She's also got some uh, sweet peppers in here, too. So lots of textures and flavors in this ginger sesame slaw. This takes us into weeknight dinners. Weeknight dinners. Um, and she says, when I was about 20, I went on a five-week mountaineering course uh, in Patagonia, Chile. I had already done a fair amount of backpacking at that point, but this was really next level. Oh my God, why did I sign up for this again? Stuff. 15 of us, mostly Chileans and Americans, traveled over remote mountains and glaciers through the Andes Mountains, carrying everything we needed on our backs. We had crampons on our shoes and ice axes in our hands, often on four-man rope teams for safety in case someone were to drop into a crevice that had been covered in snow. It was scary and cold and really physically challenging, but oh my God, it was so fun, mostly because of the people. It was a crackerjack team of hysterical weirdos who I would otherwise probably never have met. We really learned the importance of cooking, not just for sustenance, but also as a morale booster when the crew had just battled through a rough, cold, and discouraging day. Having everyone huddled around the tiny stove and our dirt cooking and eating together was one of my favorite parts of the trip. I really like this that this can be translated into everyday life. You could have just lived through the worst Tuesday of all time, but if you know you can go home and cook and eat with people you love, it makes it all a little easier to endure. Also, I recommend wine. She does. I don't drink, but she recommends wine. Now she's got a photo here with, um, I recommend non-alcoholic wine. I love wine. I love wine. It's one of the reasons I don't drink. I love it so much. So I stand by her recommendation. I'm with her. And now I drink alcohol removed wine because there's so much more of it available these days. And I freaking love it. It's so nice to just have a glass of alcohol removed wine. But she's got a fun picture here of her. 
uh, with beats as a big old necklace around her neck there. Speaking of, you know, her photos using fruit as fashion, essentially, and vegetables as fashion. Um, but I love this take on weeknight meals. You know, David and I, we didn't have a nice kitchen table where I'm currently recording for a very long time because we lived in a small apartment in New York City. And when we moved to Atlanta, it, we made it a priority to get ourselves a nice dining room table when we bought our first home. And we love it. And I'd say we eat dinner together probably four to seven nights out of the week. And it's one of my favorite things. We sit down, we put our phones aside, and we actually connect. We talk about the food, we talk about our days, and um, we talk about you know how we're going to what we're going to do with the rest of the night and all that stuff like that. It really is beautiful. Uh, so I highly recommend the weeknight dinners with someone if you can do it. If you live alone, maybe you want to set up a little weeknight dinner club with your friends on Zoom. That can be fun. Uh, so we got great stuff in here. Stuffed poblano peppers with walnut crema. crema. I love a stuffed poblano pepper. And in here, she's stuffing it with walnuts, mushrooms, onion, garlic, brown rice, cilantro, almonds, a little bit of salt and pepper in there. So good. Walnut balls and red sauce. This looks very yummy. It looks like a very thick, uh, thick sauce. It doesn't look like a traditional marinara. I wonder if this is raw. Let's see. Yep. Sure enough. So this is one of the raw dishes in here. Oh, and she. I just noticed this now. So at the top of the recipes, she tells you if it's raw or if it's cooked. This one says mostly raw. So we got walnut balls and red sauce, mostly raw. Uh, and the walnut balls are made of walnuts, of course, flour, cauliflower florets, flax seeds, onion, garlic, olive oil, apple cider vinegar, fresh parsley, cumin, tamari, salt, and mushrooms. And then that's getting dehydrated. And the red sauce is made of walnuts, sun-dried tomatoes. So Raw chefs love to make a marinara out of sun-dried tomatoes, and it is great. does the trick. It's very robust in flavor and uh, really hits home the marinara vibes. You put tomato in here as well. Fresh lemon juice, olive oil, maple syrup, pepper flakes, and salt. She gives the suggestion to serve it with spiralized zucchini. As previously mentioned, I won't be doing that because we just donated our spiralizer, but maybe I'll shave off some noodles with a, a vegetable peeler into it and use it that way. I just felt like the spiralizer was taken up. We got like a really like a, a, it, it was a, a pretty good sized one. It was taking up too much room in my life and I wasn't using it. So, hey, that is what it is. Cauliflower pizza on here. And this is a raw cauliflower pizza she's got on here. So she's making a crust with cauliflower. And then uh, using the dehydrator to make it. Looks so yummy. A pesto pasta, also raw. Cold avocado ginger soup, raw watermelon, mango, gazpacho. Listen, not a gazpacho fan, but I am into this. Also, the picture is gorgeous. But she's saying, I, I like watermelon. I don't love watermelon. We got people in the world that love watermelon, and I support you. But you know what I do love? I love me some mango. And I love watermelon in a gazpacho. Like, I'm going to have watermelon. I like it in a juice. I like it in a gazpacho. I'm just not one to, like, sit around and snack on watermelon, which is too bad because it's a, it's a really great snack. Maybe that'll change one day. Um, Because that's what we're embracing. Our journeys with food change. And we need to be open to evolving to what fits our, our needs uh, as time goes by in different ways. Anyways, love mango. So I, I, I can be really into this because we're pairing mango with watermelon. I love that. Sweet potato enchiladas. And these are cooked. 
These are cooked. The filling is sweet potatoes, basically, and onions and garlic. That is an enchilada I can get behind. Yum, 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 yum. There's a sauce here. That sauce is made of tomatoes and chili powder as the base there. Uh, a little bit of cornstarch to thicken it up. And she uses corn tortillas in here. Bring these. Uh, I mean, this is straightforward sweet potatoes and corn tortillas. And I'm here for it. Seasoned nicely. That sounds really yummy to me. Uh, avocado crema for those enchiladas. We got a golden gazpacho. She says, I'll often see magazine covers with tempting headlines like 50 ways to feel better now or how to get sexier in minutes. And then I flip to the article and it'll be things like wear bright shades of lipstick or put on a hot pink top as a woman who always has lipstick on my teeth. <laughs> As a woman who always has lipstick on my teeth, some of these suggestions don't really work for me, but I do think you can apply or even improve upon this principle by using it with food. Like if you're feeling crappy, why not try to eat the brightest and most colorful meal you can? Laura, good, good, good. I love that. As long as they aren't Jolly Ranchers, also good. Good follow-up. You're probably going to feel better like actually feel better. See, I, I love this gal. Her perspective, way of writing and way of talking is everything I'm into. So this is a golden gazpacho, bright and colorful, made with heirloom tomatoes, cucumbers, chopped bell peppers, and an onion, garlic, basil, little salt, little olive oil, and little apple cider vinegar. So all really yummy ingredients in there. She's got a sweet potato curry next followed by an asparagus soup and cashew sour cream. Was talking about that cashew sour cream, babies. Uh, you know, chances are if you've got a vegan cookbook, I'm guessing you do if you're listening to this podcast, it's most likely, um, you can open one of your uh, vegan cookbooks and you're going to find a cashew sour cream in there. It's just something we live by. Um, if cashew sour cream, if cashews are an allergy for you, you can always make a tofu sour cream. You can make a sour cream with... Um, white beans. You can make a sour cream with raw, unsalted, unroasted sunflower seeds as well. So lots of options out there. You don't have to do it with cashews. All right. Next is a spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti squash mac and cheese. Uh, so this looks like she's using spaghetti squash as the noodle. We all know how I feel about this at this point. And then she's got a cashew-based sort of cheese sauce with it. So I love to make a spaghetti squash. I like to put an Alfredo sauce on it so I can understand how this is appealing. Maybe I'll try it, a little mac and cheese sauce on spaghetti squash. Because really, a spaghetti squash is just a great way to get satiated and fill up and use as a vehicle for any sauce that you want. So this is a great addition to use mac and cheese sauce. I love that. Next chapters, we're getting started with party foods here. So she's entertaining guest here. Great picture of her and her dog in here. Oh, I love it. I love a puppy. Uh, spice mango chili wraps. Mm. If I saw those at a party, I would gobble them up, y'all. Mango and coconut jicama tacos, fresh veggie tostadas, Endive spears, that's always an easy and fun party one to put out because it's a great one bite, two bite situation. You fill those endive spears up uh, with some delicious things. And here it's carrots, celery, shallots, fresh mint, again with that delicious fresh mint. She's popping some pine nuts in here and uh, she uses her sesame miso dressing to drizzle it over the top. So that's a really fun party pleaser right there, if you ask me, and health forward. Listen, I like a mix at a party. I like a little health forward and I like a little, not junk, but just like a little more, uh, like a little more, like a little, uh, I don't know. I don't like it to all just be vegetables because then I feel like people are too hungry, right? But if you've got a good array of vegetables and not just crudite, 
Um, and then like a nice hearty uh, meatball or something. I love that uh, because you're getting something hearty. You're getting satiated and going, oh my gosh, that's so delicious. And then you're eating something healthy, crunchy uh, with these textures and bright flavors. And you're going, oh my gosh, that's so delicious. But you're not feeling gross, right? You're feeling really good and you're getting to eat at the party and talk and mingle without feeling nasty from just eating, you know, food that is maybe very rich. Uh, so I, I love these party options. And here we got a ginger grapefruit granita. Jalapeno pineapple granita. Mmm, that sounds yummy. I love the uh, combination of sweet and spicy. It, I mean, I think everyone does, but I'm really into it. Like a chocolate with chili in it. Ooh, love it so much. Uh, recipes for a basic spring roll in here. So good. Uh, and then I'm seeing there's a photo of, maybe it's in the next chapter, so we'll find out. But it looks like uh, root vegetable fries, baked fries, but I'm not seeing a recipe for it. So more to come. Let's find out. This next chapter is called Die Alone. Let's see what she means by this. She says, I've had a lot of weird jobs. I've been a park ranger, gas station attendant, furniture refurbisher, line cook, server, and spent the worst of my worst day of my life selling phone services door-to-door -door work. The best job I've ever had, though, was working for a small letterpress company in San Francisco. It was a close-knit item of about 10 hilarious, a uh, close-knit team of about 10 hilarious, creative, warm, fun, and loving people whom I still consider some of my best friends. After working from home for so long, going into the office every day felt like summer camp. For some reason, one April, everything started going wrong for all of us. Christina got hit by a car while she was walking. Don't worry, she was fine. Stewie, Leah, and I all broke up with our boyfriends. Lindsay got kicked out of her house. And then the kicker, we all found out we were losing our jobs because the company was relocating. Everyone was a bit of a mess emotionally with all the upheaval. The good news is emotional upheaval, upheaval is scientifically... Excuse my mouth, is scientifically proven to make hilarious people even funnier. We started doing this thing where anytime someone said something depressing, he or she would follow it up with, whatever, I'm just going to die alone anyway. Never underestimate the healing power of humor and commiseration. While I'm by no means trying to promote unhealthy coping mechanisms, I will say that sometimes when you feel stressed or low, you will want to stuff your face with some food to make yourself feel better. Praise, sing it, heard. So why not do it with food that is actually going to nourish and support your own, you and your body rather than some junk that is going to make you feel worse? She gets it. She's into it. And then there's a really fun picture of her surrounded by grapes. The grapes are like a wreath around her face. I love it. I love it. I love it. She's so cute. She's so cute and fun. You have to watch her show, Raw Vegan, Not Gross on Taste Made. I think there's like 10 episodes only, but it's 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 a quick watch. It's fun to watch. And, you know, you're getting a, a big glimpse of her personality in here. There's a reason I'm reading all these excerpts because I really, you know, it's a shame she's off social media, but I get it. But I want to celebrate her. So that's why I'm giving you such an in-depth look here today. All right. So. The die alone foods, foods that can nourish you when maybe you're feeling like you just want to stuff your face, right? Uh, berries with milk. Good one. Good one. I love just eating some straight up berries. Now pour a little milk on them. That is satisfying. Uh, when I dip, you dip, we dip ranch. So a great uh, ranch dressing here with cashews as the base. Keep your sweatpants, sweatpants, keep your sweatpants on tortilla pizzas. I applause for this. Okay, so she says, I consider these sweatpants food. The combination of the light, crispy crust, 
with tangy tomato sauce and creamy cheese sauce, air quotes, is so comfort or quotes in the book actually around cheese is so comforting and satisfying. I like snapping pieces off to munch on while I'm standing in my kitchen in a full sweatsuit. Y'all, I am on board for a tortilla tortilla pizza any day, any time of the week, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I do not care. I support this 110%. When you have that pizza craving, and especially during this time, this really makes sense for this chapter, the die alone chapter. Um, Because Often if I'm depressed, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'll do this because I'm a chef. And we've talked about this before. I just, if I have the, a craving for something, I'm like, I'll just make it. Suddenly we have a pan of brownies in the house that we don't need. But sometimes I'll get a craving for pizza or bread. Last week I made bread. I made a no need bread in a Dutch oven. We had fresh bread in a matter of hours. Um, but I'll do the same with pizza. I, I know my pizza dough crust recipe from my second book, Epic Vegan by Heart Now. I will start proofing that dough. And in the afternoon or evening, we've got ourselves pizza that we're making. So this is a great alternative to that because you're only making this one thin crust. Uh, so you're not going to overstuff stuff yourself or have all these pizza leftovers. You can make the one pizza you want and kind of, kind of be done with it. She does it in here in the oven. I came up. I'm going to share this. Uh, not to overshadow this but I, I love the idea of this obviously follow this recipe if you want to she makes her own tomato sauce here her own cheese sauce all of those things but what i did last week because sometimes the tortilla is like a little floppy when you bake it in the oven it, it gets crispy on the outside it's a little floppy on the inside and i've been sort of perfecting this for a few years now so i'm gonna talk about it um what i did was i crisped up the whole tortilla in a skillet first, a, uh, an oven-safe skillet that could fit the whole tortilla in there. Did a little cooking spray so you get that uh, crispy texture. You're not going to get it without that oil, right? So if you're listening and you're oil-free, this one's not for you. Uh, you crisp it up on both sides. And then as it's crisping on the second side, you put your toppings on. And then you want it to get nice and crisp in the skillet, okay? Then your oven is preheating to broil. You pop that bad boy in the oven, let it broil, especially if you're putting even homemade vegan cheese or store-bought vegan cheese. That broil is going to make it melt as opposed to just baking it slowly. Put it on broil for like three to five minutes. Broil, broiling your food, that is dependent on the oven. So be careful. You got to watch your ovens. Every intensity of a broiler is different. Mine takes three to five minutes. But So you crisp up that tortilla on the stovetop. Put the toppings on after you flipped it and you're crisping the second side. Then you broil it in the oven for three to five minutes. That is the crispiest, most delicious, but without burning it. Crispiest, evenly crisped tortilla pizza I've ever made. Um, and she's getting into it in this one. I didn't mean to overshadow her recipe. Again, I'm just really excited about this whole concept because I, I, I've been perfecting it because, honey we all eat our feelings, right? And this is uh, uh, one that I, I can turn to because I don't want to order that whole pizza and have all that leftover pizza. So the tortilla pizza is perfect for me. Moving on. She's got eat your feelings popcorn variations on it with cheesy popcorn, cinnamon sugar popcorn, and caramel corn drizzle. I'm going to make that one. Sounds delicious. Ooh, there's a picture here with the caramel corn in it right there. Oh, it looks so good. I tell you, if you don't watch this podcast, sometimes I really, you get a good look at the book when you watch it. Not that I'm telling you to watch it. I still think it's, if you're watching, no shade, but like, I don't, 
personally watch podcasts because I think I'm just always moving. So I have headphones in as opposed to being able to watch it. So that's why I watch them. I, oh, uh, that's why I listen instead of watch. But we're putting the video out there for those of you that like to watch. It's there. But in this case, I get to hold up some fun pictures sometimes. Okay. Uh, she's got, I need to munch mindlessly Brussels sprout chips. Let's hear her talk about these because I'm skeptical. You'll love chowing down on a big bowl of these light and airy little leaves. They have just a touch of salt and a little bit of a kick. The hardest part of this recipe is actually getting the leaves off the the little bulbs. I can see that. I like to do this with a friend while sipping wine. Then you have something to focus on while you chat and you get a salty snack to nosh on at the end. Win-win as far as I can tell. I can see that being really yummy, but it it must be tedious to tear the leaves off, but I bet it's worth it. Really yummy in the end of the day. Sweet and sour like my heart tamarind balls. This recipe is ridiculously quick and easy. In fact, the hardest part of this recipe might be getting your hands on some tamarind. Tamarind is nature's sweet and sour candy. You can usually find some at the Asian grocery store or just look online. If you can't find the pods, look for tamarind paste or pulp. So my friend Ashley Madden, uh, she's been on the podcast. She talked about both her books, Plant-Based Cookbook and Plant-Based Delicious. In her last book, Plant-Based Delicious, she has this uh, sweet and sticky, I think it's a sweet and sticky teriyaki cauliflower that I'm obsessed with. Uh, I think teriyaki's in the title. But David and I have made it, David and I have made it probably four or five times. Um, I'm looking right now in the book to see if I can... Ah, Sticky Teriyaki Cauliflower Bowls with Edamame. That's the name of it. So she makes this sauce, and in it she used tamarind paste. I'd only used tamarind paste once before when I was recipe testing my Pad Thai cupcakes that are an epic vegan... Um, and I ended up not using it because I was like, oh, this ingredient is it can be too difficult to source. But I went back to it this time around to make that uh, sticky teriyaki dish, obsessed with it. And now it looks like I might have another place to use it in these sweet and sour like my heart tamarind balls. So this looks like a really because tamarind paste is really delicious, y'all. I highly recommend if you can find a few recipes to use it in. I highly recommend getting a little jar of it. Buy it online. It lasts a while. In this, she uses tamarind paste. She uses quite a bit of it, actually. A whole cup. Hey. Uh, and a half, one and a half cups coconut sugar. Woo. And uh, shredded coconut and ground cayenne. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a lot of paste and a lot of sugar and little uh, dry ingredients to make balls out of these. Maybe. Hold on. Let's see if it goes... Uh, I'm trying to see if it ends up. She said it'll create a thick dough. So great. Okay. Creates a thick dough and then you roll it into balls and then return it to the fridge and it'll, uh, seize up a little bit more even. So great. Uh, so those are the sweet and sour, like my heart tamarind balls. I just like that title. Yes, thanks. I'll have uh, the whole tray, please. Uh, so she's got a uh, halva in here. It's a tahini-based Middle Eastern confection. Uh, she says in here, it's sold in some bakeries, but most people have only ever seen it wrapped in plastic and sitting on a dusty shelf in a corner store. This version is creamy and fresh, packed with calcium from the sesame seeds and antioxidant from the cacao nibs. If you're feeling really fancy, you could even throw in some pistachios or cover it with chocolate shell. I have had this before. To me, it's almost like a fudge. Uh, it's very creamy, decadent, delicious, and you can put sort of whatever add-ins you want. She's got shakes in here that are mostly raw, made of coconut milk as the base. She's got a chocolate, a strawberry, and vanilla. Sweet potato fries! Found it! 
I found it. I knew that this was going to be in here. So she's got sweet potato fries and a beach up. So I'm guessing it's a beetroot ketchup that you can serve with it. Um, all right. We're on that final chapter, my friends. And we all know that I love it. It's sweets. Uh, and I love a sweets chapter. And I love, I have such a sweet tooth. So let's read the intro on this since it's the end of the book. Uh, to get uh, one last little word in from Miss Laura Miller herself. She says, in 2011, the private farmer's market where I'd been selling my raw desserts was shut down. I needed to get my business fully legal so that I could sell my food in shops, but that required about $10,000, which I didn't have. I decided to launch a Kickstarter project to try to crowdsource the money. Keep in mind, I had never done any sort of self-promotion before, so this was incredibly frightening to me. Not only did I have to put myself out there, but I had to ask people for money. I forced myself to say yes to every opportunity to fundraise. So when a friend of a uh, friend invited me to his single da- singles dance class at a Latin dance club in San Francisco, I said yes. The idea was that I would bring samples, explain my Kickstarter, and people would donate. I got there while awkward middle-aged singles were filtering in and discovered that they didn't have a place for me. So they decided that they would put me and my samples on stage under a spotlight. Oh, bless. My heart is uh, beating hearing the story, the the anxiety this must have caused. Um, She says, my friend Kendra, seeing how was this... Seeing how this was all about to play out, leaned in and warned me that this was going to be a character building. (laughs) Warned me that this was going to be a character building experience. What a great way to look at it. Uh, Sweaty folks would come up between dance songs to feast on the chili truffles and lavender macaroons. They loved them. But people didn't let me get two seconds into my spiel before stuffing a couple cookies into their mouth and running the other way. At the end of the night, I had given away a ton of desserts, gotten zero donations, and felt like a giant pathetic failure. I cried the whole drive home. Oh, sweet Laura. In the end, I did make my Kickstarter goal, but I spent a big chunk of it on sending the rewards out to all my supporters, and by the time I was done, I basically was right back where I'd started. So look, I'm not a good businesswoman. Definitely don't hire me to help you with your spreadsheets or whatever, but raw desserts? That's my wheelhouse. I can say with confidence that if you make any of the following desserts, you're going to be stoked. Awesome. So let's see what she's got. Oh, it's the banana picture I talked about. So remember I said I saw a picture of her online wearing bananas as a headpiece. I'm holding it up right now. How fun is that? How cute is she? Okay. She's got banana soft serve in here. So that's, you know, that's that's a nice cream. I'm into it. Love an ice cream. Guilt-free, uh, delicious dessert. Banana cream pie. Says mostly raw. Looks so yummy. Lavender cheesecake. I love this. She's got different layers in here. She's got a crust, and then she's got a white layer that's got a base of coconut meat, and then a pink layer uh, with a base of coconut meat and uh, probably beets, I would imagine. Yep, beet juice in there to get that pink layer. Uh, So this could be a fun one to make on Valentine's Day. And I will say that. So, like, you know, it calls for coconut meat. Coconut meat can be hard to source sometimes. Raw ingredients are probably the most finicky and hard to source sometimes, but it can be fun to learn some new ingredients and play around with them. So we've already talked about the tamarind paste, and now we're talking about this, uh, you know, the coconut meat of it all. It's really fun to get a raw book and sort of just pick a recipe every now and then and go into it and dive in. And I'd say if you're going to get a special ingredient, like look that special ingredient up like if you're reading a recipe and it calls for something and you're like, Oh, I don't have that enough special order. If you're really concerned about being able to use it all, 
look that ingredient up in the index and see how many recipes it's in because and see if those other recipes are intriguing to you because then you can make good use of that ingredient. You're not just going to buy it for the one recipe and then be done with it. You can buy it and be like, oh, I'm going to use it in these four recipes. So in order to do that successfully, you got to go to the recipe beforehand. So go to all, let's say it's four recipes and see how much it calls for. If it calls for, if each of them call for, let's say a quarter cup of tamarind paste, let's just say, then you want to make sure that that product you're ordering is an actual cup of tamarind paste. Uh, and make sure you're not ordering like a 32 ounce bottle of it, which is going to be four cups, right? Because then suddenly you're left with what? Two and a half, two, three cups more than what you needed, right? So just like do some math, do some measuring, figure it out. But like if getting a special ingredient and not using it and investing the money in it is a concern to you, there's ways to make sure you use it. So don't just go, oh God, this looks really great, but I'm not going to make it because I'll never use that one ingredient. Check out the index and see what you can do with that ingredient. Anything's possible. Uh, blueberry tart in here. Wow, oh, Mia tart. She's got these great tarts. Chili truffles. They look so good. Yum, yum, yum. Valentine's is coming up. Maybe give that someone you live a chili truffle. Uh, chocolate avocado pudding, a staple in the vegan world. Chia pudding pops. Nutty butter cups. So she says the trick with these is to pour the chocolate mixture into the bottom of each cupcake liner, but then to tilt it on around in all directions, letting it thin out and spread up the sides. The tilting ensures that the sides will be covered in chocolate, and it also keeps the base crisp and uniform as far as thickness. You want a perfect chocolate to almond butter ratio, after all. And you are right. That that is what makes the best chocolate nut butter cup, is the perfect ratio, right? Has anyone had those new Reese's uh, plant-based cups? Listen, I'll eat them because I love Reese's peanut butter cups, but they still didn't get it right. There's no reason it shouldn't be just like the original. So they're trying too hard, if you ask me. That's my own opinion. You can get mad at me if you want. I said what I said. You know what's good, though? You know you know who got it right? The vegan Kit Kat mama. That ish is good. That ish is good. I ordered. Uh, I got them. I think they're available in the UK. I ordered them for Christmas for David's stocking. And, of course, one or two for myself. And Kit Kat got it right. KitKat got it right. All right, we got a Nutty Buttercup ice cream. This is raw, so it's going to be like an ice cream again with some... Uh, mm, oh, she she takes those uh, Nutty Buttercups she made and she chops them up and puts them in there. How yummy is that? Lavender macaroons, chocolate cream pie, iced brownies. Well, this is interesting. Looks like a thin sheet of brownies with a chocolate icing on them. Uh, so it's dehydrated brownies with a chocolate ice icing on them, which is why it's mostly raw, because you've got those dehydrated brownies in there. Blackberries with basil and coconut cream. Um, I love this because coconut cream in itself is very decadent and yummy. And this just has sort of a dollop of the coconut cream on blackberries uh drizzled with a uh, little balsamic vinegar i mean hello sweet tangy a little bit of vinegar a little bit of cream from the coconut cream so good with a little bit of basil on there honey let's get into it brownie popsicles huh okay so these are like chocolate popsicles all right i'm into it i like that and listen, that ends our book. And we've got this really great photo of her, um, collage of her at the end, holding a big basket of produce and just giving us that Laura Miller smile. I adore this book. I adore Laura Miller. 
Of course, you can go watch episodes of Raw, Vegan, Not Gross on YouTube, or I believe if you go to tastemade.com, you can check them out there. But just look up Raw, Vegan, Not Gross on YouTube. All the episodes are there. It's a super fun watch, super educational and entertaining. And, um, you know, even though she's not on social media, her account on Instagram is still there. So I believe it's it's uh, at I am Laura Miller. Or, of course, you can just look up Laura Miller, your finder. It's going to be the gal who's using vegetables for clothing. So you can't miss her. And my friends, that is Laura Miller, raw vegan, not grossed, all vegan and mostly raw recipes for people who love to eat. Go pick yourself up a copy everywhere books are sold. So you can it's a, it's a great uh, sort of exploration into the raw world right because she's got a mixture in here it's not all raw um there's some cooked foods in here as well so if you're not ready to invest in a totally raw cookbook give this one a shot here um and let me know what you think of it of course you can follow us the instagram uh the keep on cooking pod has its own instagram trying to post the old episodes on there and get caught up so it's a work in progress, but you can follow it at Keep On Cooking Pod. You can follow me at the Dustin Harder and find out more about myself, my show, The Vegan Roadie, uh, and my cookbooks, all those good things at DustinHarder.com. And until next week, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>